Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, and here we go. It is another brand new Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides for Wednesday, May 11th, the day after the NHL draft lottery. Lady Luck did not bless the Flyers by moving up to the number one overall pick from uh, their fourth highest odds to get there. They had a 9.5% chance to move up to number one, a 9.8% chance to move up to number two, no chance to go to three, a 15.4% chance to remain at number four, a 20.5% chance to pick at six, but the 44.9% chance to land at five is exactly what happened, and the Flyers will draft fifth overall in the 2022 NHL entry draft coming up on July 7th in Montreal, and Montreal wins the draft lottery. They get the number one overall pick, and presumably Shane Wright, the consensus number one overall pick player. The New Jersey Devils got down to that final two, unable to land the top one. They get the second overall pick. Now, the Devils did have a couple of number one overall picks in the past couple of years. Of course, going back to 2017, they moved up from 5-1 to one and took Nico Heischer ahead of the Flyers, who moved up from 13-2 to two to take Nolan Patrick. And then also, a couple of years later, the New Jersey Devils moved up and drafted Jack Hughes, who they took number one overall. Arizona gets the third overall pick. The Seattle Kraken, the fourth, the Flyers' fifth. Then uh, the Chicago Blackhawks pick came up. That's traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Ottawa Senators, Detroit Red Wings, Buffalo Sabres, and Anaheim Ducks roll, round out the top 10 selections of the 2022 NHL entry draft. Now, pick five. What does that mean for the Flyers? Well, it means a lot of things could potentially be in play. They could move up to a couple of spots. Not to one, but maybe they could move up to three. Now, they don't have a second pick, second round pick in the 2022 draft. So whatever they get in the first round, it's got to be a really good pick because they're not going to go again till the third round. But you could move up a couple slots if you target a player. Say Logan Cooley's there and you can make some kind of deal to move up. Maybe they do that. Could they stay at five and pick there? Absolutely. Maybe a player slides that they really like. Maybe there's just a player there in the top five that they really like, whether that's Savoy or whoever. Or they could even trade back and try and get more draft equity either in this draft or in the 2023 draft. The 2023 draft is probably a little bit more unlikely to get currency in that one unless a team really wants to move up to five. They have a player they're targeting because those 2023 picks just have more value than the draft that's in front of us in 2022 because of how that draft is being built up from a talent standpoint, you know, People talking about the 2003 draft, it rivaling that. We shall see. The 03 draft was insane, incredible. So we'll see if it can come to that. We won't know that for many years. Some of the players in the 2003 draft still playing in the NHL. Joe Pavelski was the seventh-round pick, still playing and getting the job done in Dallas at 38 years of age. We see guys like Brent Burns. We see Ryan Getzlaff, who just hung it up. We see Dustin Brown. We see a lot of players in that draft still kicking around the NHL and still playing well, and so many great players in that draft. Jeff Carter is another guy from the 2003 draft uh, that is still in the NHL. So we'll see what kind of uh, variables and what kind of optionality, that's the word I'm looking for, this gives Chuck Fletcher heading into the draft and how he views uh, the top five picks. And I'm sure the scouting department, the pro scouts and the amateur scouts, 
They're all considering all options, and there is a lot of options when you're drafting at five, and you are drafting in a draft that is not known as being one of those great drafts with tremendous depth. You can get a good player at five. We've seen it. Even the 2017 draft where the Flyers moved up to two and got Nolan Patrick, and you know the Devils got Heischer, who's a nice player, not a superstar, but look at some of the other players that were taken there. Elias Pettersson, Miro Heiskanen, and obviously Kale McCarr. So you can get a good player in a draft like this draft at the number five overall pick, but you got to find the right player. Now, one of the other big pieces of news, now this happened two days ago, is the fact that the New York Islanders and their general manager and president, Lou Lamorello, decided to make a move on Long Island and relieve Barry Trotz of his duties as the head coach of the New York Islanders. Now, he got him to two conference finals, lost to Tampa on both of those occasions, took Tampa to a Game 7, 1-0 game uh, in the one, and Barry Trotz is a guy that's made the playoffs a ton of times. His teams are very defensively responsible. In his first year with the Islanders, now he coached the year prior to that, obviously, in Washington, won the Stanley Cup, and then left and went to the Islanders. And there wasn't a lot of change in that Islanders team, with the exception of losing John Tavares to free agency to Toronto that offseason. But basically the same team came back. And the team the year prior to Barry Trotz gave up the most goals in the NHL. The most goals. Year one of Barry Trotz, they give up 102 less goals than the year prior. Again, basically with the same team, same goalies, without John Tavares, and they give up the least amount of goals in the NHL. That's the Barry Trotz-Mitch Korn effect. Mitch Korn, the goalie coach uh, that works with Barry Trotz, and he is known as the goalie whisperer. Being so good defensively wins you a lot of hockey games. Being so good defensively puts you in a position to advance in the playoffs year after year. It's not the most exciting hockey, especially in a year like we just saw where goal scoring is way up and we see teams like Toronto. We see teams like the Florida Panthers who averaged well over four goals a game this regular season. It's not that type of hockey, but it is winning hockey. It's not up and down. It's a lot of structure. Are the Flyers a fit for Barry Trotz? That's the question. Now, there's a lot of teams in the NHL right now going, Barry Trotz is available. And I'm sure there's some head coaches in the NHL that are currently employed, think they're coming back next year, who are kind of sitting on one butt cheek now going, "Uh uh-oh, my team could go after Barry Trotz and I could be out. That's the effect when a name with a resume like Barry Trotz, becomes available. We don't know his intentions yet, whether he definitely wants to coach. You know, he's going to get paid next year, no matter what. He could sit out and just recharge and look at his situation and go, okay, I'll take the year and then I'll jump back in after. There'll still be a market for Barry Trotz. Or is he a guy that's just one of those coaches that needs to coach? And there's some obvious targets. The Flyers are one of them. And you may go, well, why would he want to come here? Well, first of all, he's been on the East Coast for a while, Washington, and then with the New York Islanders, was in Nashville for 15 seasons prior to that. But, you know, so from a geographical standpoint, and then from a build standpoint, yeah, there's not a ton of high-end offensive players with the Flyers. But, you know, defensively, even though it's been a struggle, they have some pieces that he could work with, and they have the goaltender. So, 
And, you know, he may be a guy that's looking for a little bit more say in personnel as well. And that's something that Chuck Fletcher, you know, he's one of those guys that's not incredibly territorial like a Lou Lamorello. Maybe that's one of the reasons why Barry wanted out. I want a little say. Lou wasn't willing to give it. I don't want to go into a final year of a deal like I did in Washington as a lame duck. All those things. We don't know the exact reason, and we'll never know because Lou Lamorello will never give it up. But Barry Trotz now could shoot some, you know, some life into this coaching carousel that's going to take place this offseason. A lot of teams need to coach. A lot of teams are looking for a, a good quality coach. And there's some big names out there other than Barry Trotz. I mean, you have John Tortorella, you have Jim Montgomery, you have Rick Tockett, and Mike Babcock, Joel Quenville may want to get back into the game. You have some really high-end guys that have won cups that quite possibly are looking to get back behind a bench. So, you know, this market could be very interesting this offseason. For me, it's not about hiring some guy with a big name and a great resume. It's about hiring the right guy. And whether that's Barry Trotz or whether that's John Tortorella or whether that's Jim Montgomery, whether that's David Quinn, we can debate on who we like or who we think is the right guy or whether that's Lane Lambert or some other assistant coach that's not incredibly well-known. You know, there was a time when nobody knew who John Cooper was. There was a time when nobody knew who any of these coaches, most of these coaches were if they weren't a former player. And turn out to be really good coaches. So you got to find the right guy. You have to figure out what you want to be, the guy that fits that, the guy that fits the roster, and be it. But the Flyers and this coaching search now with Barry Trotz out there should be uh, injected a whole new urgency, and it could move things along a lot quicker because teams are are not going to want to miss out on their guy. And once one guy gets hired, you can start to see dominoes fall. So we'll see if we get any movement on that front now that Barry Trotz has entered that coaching market and what the effects of that will be. And if there is an opportunity for Barry Trotz to come and be the next head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, the other thing with Trotz is he'll cost you a lot of money because he's incredibly accomplished and he's a great coach. And the Flyers are paying Elaine Vigneault. I don't think money is going to be part of the equation. We have to get a guy cheap because we're paying AV this year and next year. I don't think that's going to be part of the equation. Uh, Dave Scott said blank check, and he would give Chuck Fletcher the blank check to improve this hockey team. Obviously, you can only go so far in a salary cap world with a blank check because you can only pay players X amount of dollars. With coaches, there is no cap. So we'll see how it plays out. It's going to be an interesting time, but the Flyers, uh, I'm sure, will uh, at least be involved in talking with Barry Trotz. So we'll see where that goes as well. So Flyers' fifth overall pick in the 2022 NHL entry draft. The draft lottery is in the rear view. What does that mean? Well, we'll likely get those answers a little bit closer to the NHL draft coming up on July 7th when it happens in Montreal, when Montreal will have the number one overall pick in this year's NHL draft. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this edition of Flyers Daily. Thanks for listening. We'll be back Friday with another brand new edition and another player interview from Player Breakup Day exit interviews uh, that we did uh, back last week. So we'll give you another one of those coming up Friday on a brand new Flyers Daily.